do I deepen my prayer life? Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. Um, my name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And if you have to use the restroom during this sermon, I would completely understand. I don't know. Like, you just, if you guys remember in our old auditorium, there was a pole like five feet in front, and there was a drainage pipe right alongside it. So if you sat next to the drainage pipe on a day like today, it was just rushing water the entire service. But it's good to have you here today. And like Dustin said, we're continuing our ser- series called You Asked For It. And a couple months ago, we had asked you, what do you want to hear about? What are sermons that you want to hear about? And one of the most common responses was around the issue of prayer. Uh, there are many different types of questions around this, but there, there, people ask things like, how do I have a more vibrant prayer life? Or how do I have a more consistent prayer life? Or how do I pray more powerfully? Does God hear my prayers? Does, does prayer change things? Questions along those lines. And broad topic, I, I'll be honest with you. And so I, I, I'm not going to cover every aspect of prayer today. That w- We could do series upon series just on the topic of prayer. Uh, not because it's a complicated thing, but because there's so much in Scripture about prayer. But today, I wanna, if, if I were just to preach one sermon on this topic... Uh, what would I say? And that's kind of the angle that I wanted to come at it from uh, this weekend is what's like the most important aspect of prayer uh, from my perspective. And so before we get into all that, just got to have a little participation. You can raise your hand. How many of you guys would say that you believe in the power of prayer? Like you've seen it firsthand, you've seen answered prayer, you believe in the power of prayer? Okay, you can put your hand down. How many of you would say, if you're just to be honest, that there's times that your, your prayer life could use a little boost, so to speak. You know, like, okay. If you're like me, and there's a lot of hands raised for both, I raise my hand for both. You know, there, there's, I, be, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer. I've seen firsthand God do some pretty miraculous, incredible things that I prayed about. And yet at the same time, there's many, many times where I just feel like, man, I don't pray consistently enough. I don't pray. I I don't pray enough. I don't pray as if I really believe that God hears my prayers. And I I think there's a lot of reasons why that is for so many Christ followers. Why would we believe that the Almighty God hears us and prayer changes things? It affects outcomes, and yet we don't do it often enough? I think there's a lot of reasons. I think one of the big ones is just we run out of time. I know that that's a really dumb excuse, but it's one that we just have busy schedules and it's just something that for whatever reason doesn't make its way onto the top of our priority list. I think there's times, and I'll just, I'll just say this for myself because I wouldn't put you in this light, maybe this is just me, but there's times where I just get distracted. There's times where I get bored. I don't, I don't know if I can say that as a pastor. Uh, there's times where I'm kind of like I'm praying and then I, I think about something else and then I have to like, uh, then I just lose track and lose focus and sooner, sooner or later I'm, I'm just not praying anymore. I, I don't know about you, but like I have those moments. I remember a time uh, in, I was in sixth grade and we were at uh, Lake Geneva Bible Camp and it was, um, not to be confused, it's Lake Geneva, Minnesota. I got confused when we moved here. I was, everybody's talking about Lake Geneva. I'm like, why would you drive seven hours away to go to the lake? That doesn't make sense. And so Lake Geneva Bible Camp in Alexandria, Minnesota. And so we, uh, during, during Bible Camp, uh, one of the nights we were there with a, you know, I was there with a bunch of friends from church and we're all in the same cabin together, all that. 
And uh, during the, the music, the, during the worship time of one of the services, the, uh, they invited people forward if, they, if anybody wanted prayer. And one of our friends, a bunch of people went forward. One of our friends in particular went up front and just began to pray. And then the music ended and all that. And they said, okay, you can go ahead and go back to your seat. And then they went into the message port. You know, the evangelist came up and was gonna be, he began speaking. And our friend is still right over here. Uh, at the altar, and nobody bothers them. They're, you know, they're like, okay, what, you know, just keep praying. You're having a moment. And uh, he preaches the whole sermon, has another altar call. Everybody comes forward, that type of deal. Dismisses. Our friend is still here. You guys know where I'm going with this, but you guys are a lot smarter uh, than we were at the time. And nobody's bothering him. They're like, wow, he's just having a moment with God. And we get all the way back to our cab, and we're like winding down for the night. I mean, hours have passed now. Uh, we turn off the lights about to go to sleep and in comes walking our friend and we're like, wow, man, that was, you need prayer? Do you, everything okay? And he's like, no, man, I fell asleep <laughs> and you punks never came and got me and I just stayed up there like an idiot, everybody looking at me, I'm just passed out uh, asleep. And so uh, for all, I don't know about you, but um, maybe you've had a time before where you've just fallen asleep uh, while praying. But I think the number one reason, in my mind, of why people would say, you know, my prayer life could use a boost, I think often we just don't know how. We don't know what to say. We kind of get into a rut where it feels like it's the same thing, and maybe you just don't know how. And I think the, the disciples would identify with that completely. In fact, in, in, in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, the disciples actually say to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, if it, one thing about the disciples is they absolutely knew how to pray. They were Jewish. They had grown up praying multiple times per day. They had an extremely regimented and disciplined prayer life. I mean, they're not asking the question, how do we pray? They're saying, Jesus, when you pray, it's different. When you pray, there's power. Like, there's something different about the way this guy prays. We want to pray like that. We don't want to just go through the motions. We want to pray with power. And Jesus begins to teach them how to pray. Uh, and he gives, in my mind, one of the most helpful and practical uh, lessons in all of Scripture. There, there's, there's some areas of Scripture that maybe there's some gray areas or whatever. This prayer is not one of them. Jesus is very specific, and he says, I'll, give you, I'll tell you exactly how to pray. And I'm so thankful that this is in Scripture because it has been incredibly helpful to me. And I'd encourage you today that if maybe you're feeling like, man, I just, my prayer life isn't consistent enough or whatever the case may be, I'd encourage you to just look, to, to take some notes today, to, to, to look through, and this is nothing, I'm just going to rehash exactly what Jesus taught his disciples. This is recorded in Luke chapter 11, and it's also recorded in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter 6. I think there's a, just a few more details that they share in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up uh, to Matthew chapter 6. But there's two portions to this. There's Jesus kind of tells you, here's what not to do, and then he says, here's what to do. And the to-do part we'll get to. It's, it's the the to-do part is the, the Lord's Prayer that many of you are probably extremely familiar with, but I want to kind of walk through it, maybe in a different light that you haven't seen it before. Sometimes the familiar gets forgotten. Sometimes when we memorize something and it's just, it's always at different services and things that like we don't even really think about what's really being said. But let's start Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. 
This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, and when you pray, he, says, he doesn't say if. He's just assuming this is something that you do. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Well, Jesus is... Really getting that, and this is something that culturally I don't know if we fully uh, understand that because this was very common. There would be people that, in, in this day and age, in this culture, in the Jewish culture, that would that would publicly pray. They would go to the street corner, they would pray, and whoever could pray like the loudest and the most boisterous, and they, you know they would be moving all around, and it was this huge display that many people would do to try to. Like, get God's attention. Like, somehow, by how I pray and how long I pray and the words I say and all of that is some magic formula that I'm going to convince the God in heaven to do my will. And that's really how a lot of people viewed it, by the words. That, and so Jesus says, that's, don't do that. That's not what prayer is about. Don't just babble on and on. Don't just think that praying publicly, like, that's not what prayer is is about, and Jesus gets at one point, and then throughout the entire Lord's Prayer, I think this point keeps coming up over and over and over again. This is the only, the only point that I have today. If you're an uh, avid note taker, I apologize. This is like the only non-scripture thing that's going to be on the screen today, but I think it's just something that Jesus is trying to get through to his disciples because they had memorized prayer, they, had, they, they did it regularly, it was a routine, it was extremely regimented, and he's saying, that's all well and fine, but let me take you to a, a little deeper level on what prayer is really all about. It's this, prayer is not just talking to God, prayer is depending upon God. Prayer is not just talking to God, that obviously is part of it, but it's much more than that. Prayer is depending upon God. See, God wants our first response to be prayer, not our last resort. He wants the first thing when we're going through a trial or circumstance, immediate, like, just go right in, because prayer is not about the words you say. Prayer is about depending upon God. If you've had a, a child who gets injured, we just, Sam, our 18-month-old, we were walking, he fell, and it was, it was on gravel, and he hit his, hit his eye on the rock, and it immediately it was red, and it wasn't like, gushing blood or anything, but it was like, it was obviously he injured himself. His immediate response screams out dada at the top of his lungs. I'll be honest, nine times out of ten it's mama, but the one time it was dada, I'm going to share that story. So it was, he screams out dada at the top of his lungs, raises raise his arms, just wants to be held. I mean, can you imagine if, if Sam would have just decided, you know what, I'm just going to get up and kind of brush things off. Ah, oh, man, that, mm, uh, I think I'm okay. Let's keep walking. You know what? I'm not okay. Dad, want, I, you'd be like, that's just ridiculous. His, his immediate response is, Dad. That's how God wants our prayer life to be. He wants prayer to be our first response, not our last resort. Then Jesus continues. He says, okay, well, I told you what not to do. Kind of clear the air a little bit. This is how not to pray. Let me tell you how to pray. And he gives us this model. 
And, and it's not, it, it was never meant to be some recited prayer. He doesn't say pray this prayer. He says pray in this manner. Pray like this. Like this is meant to be a, an outline for your prayer life, so to speak. It's not, you don't have to recite this. There's nothing wrong with reciting it, but that's not what it, the purpose of it is. It's a model for your prayer life. And for me, when I first heard a teaching on this, it was, it, was, it was revolutionary for me. I was like, holy cow, I never even realized that that is, like I can pray like that. And to this day, it's been a model every time, not every time, but almost every time I go to pray, I pray through the Lord's Prayer. I pray through this model that Jesus gave us. Matthew 6, starting in verse 9, this is how he begins. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. This is a lot different than, God, thank you for this day. Now let's get to my list. Let's get to my wish list. Let's get to the things that I want. It's, it's not that at all. In fact, do you want to know why we, we, every weekend that we start by singing songs of praise and worship to our God? There's a lot of reasons, but one of the most fundamental reasons is that we should begin our service together by simply declaring the greatness and the majesty of the God that we serve. Like, that's why we do it. It's not because we just, we just, we think we should do some songs, like little filler or something. Like, that's not at all about why we do that. It's simply saying, God, we want to begin our service by giving you honor, giving you praise. Music is something that gets us all on the same page in unison together that we say, God, you are awesome. He says that's how we should start out every time that we pray. God, thank you for just being my father. And he uses the word father, and I think there's, there's a lot behind that word. When you say the word father, there's a lot of intimacy behind that word, not Lord or master, it's, it's father. Meaning, as a father, you love me. As a father, you're for me. As a father, you, you can be trusted. As a father, you're bigger than me, you're smarter than me, you want best for me. It tells God right off the bat, I depend on you as a child depends upon his father. Uh, my three-and-a-half-year-old son, I have to say three-and-a-half, it's very, you know, he really makes a point of that half is, is a big deal. He's three-and-a-half. Uh, Eli is his name. He loves to talk. I mean, if you've ever been around Eli, I mean, he'll warm up very quickly, and he's got a lot to say. I mean, he, has, he, he can, and my other kids aren't quite that way, but he's like extreme version of extrovert, which is funny because I'm just not that way at all. But he loves talking. Uh, he could talk all day. And so anytime we're doing anything, he, he's, he wants to be right there in the middle of it. And so whether we're fixing something or we're doing something outside, whatever, he's, he wants to be right there and he's asking questions and he's just, he wants to talk. And he'll say things all the time like, hey, dad, do you, what, what do you want to talk about? Like he'll say that often. I'm like, I don't know, man. What, what would you like to talk about? I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. He's like, well, I want to talk about sports. Okay, let's talk about sports. And he'll just for 30 minutes He'll just rattle off everything that he knows about sports. He'll talk about baseball and basketball and hockey and tennis and golf and it, just everything. Football, I forgot football. And he'll talk about all the rules of the sport. He'll talk, I mean, it's just, he, he just goes on, put a quarter in and he'll just go for hours. And uh, just loves to talk. And yesterday, we're, my dad was over, he was helping us with something. We were doing some electrical stuff, which I'm like, I'm not doing that. So he's helping. And... Uh, <clears throat> And Eli's right in the mix asking all these questions. What are you doing? So my dad's explaining. I just said, hey, Eli, you really like to talk, don't you? He's like, I love to talk. 
It's like, I know, I know you do. And it's like, why do you like to talk to me so much? And just immediately, well, because I love you. That's, I love you so much. And I'm like, that, he, he understood, it, it was just so obvious to him. Like, why would, it was almost like, why are you even asking that question? I, I talk to you because I really love you, and that's just what you do. And that is the same response that our, uh, in our prayer life that it should be to God. I just want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about everything that's going on, and I want to acknowledge that you're my father. I, it doesn't, I just want to talk to you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Continues verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says your twice. It's, it's not my will be done, my kingdom come. Believe it or not, we all have a kingdom. You know, and sometimes we feel like we need to remind God that we're the king of the kingdom. Like, hey, this, come on. And he says, no, 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 that's not what it's about at all. It's not trying to bend God to, to, towards your will and the things that you want to see happen. He said, no, no, no. What prayer is, is it's completely depending upon me. It's saying, here's your will. I know there's some things that you want to see happen. Some of those things are good things. But at the end of the day, if they're not my will, then they don't matter. And he says, get to the point where you can say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the purpose of prayer is to surrender your will, not impose it. I think we get really good at trying to impose our will upon God and trying to like, with, like, if I just pray a little longer, maybe I can convince him that this is what is best for me. You read just a few verses later in Matthew chapter 6, one of, one of my favorite verses in scripture, Matthew six thirty three. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He says, don't pray about all these things. That's not the purpose. All these things is the byproduct of surrendering to my will, of trusting in me, putting your hope and your trust in me. And, and until you get to that point in your prayer life where you truly say, God, I, I'm fully surrendered to your will. And it might take some time. You might have to talk through that a little bit with God. But you get to the point where you say, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's the purpose of prayer. He continues in, in, in verse 11. He says, give us today our daily bread. I knew it. That's where I can kind of just unload my wish list. That he says, give us, and he said that we can say that to him. And so, God, here's what I need. And he would say, that's not at all what I'm saying here. That's not the purpose of this whatsoever. See, God right here is referring, or Jesus is referring to in Jewish culture, they, this immediately would have been, they would have immediately understood what he was talking about. When we talk about daily bread, it goes all the way back to the books of, book of Exodus, chapter 16, if you want to look it up later, but where Moses is leading the Israelites out of, the wilderness, or out of Egypt through the wilderness, and they don't have food, and so God promises that he would send manna from heaven, bread from heaven, every single day. And he says it, it'll be right there for you. It'll just be a miraculous thing that, G, that God would do uh, for the Israelites. But the, the, the uh, kind of the condition of it was, is that it, if you try to save up a ton of it, like for the next day and the next day and the next day, it would rot overnight. It was his way of saying, will you depend on, on, upon me every single day? 
Don't try to gather as much as you can to make provision for tomorrow and the next day. Rely on me every single day. Even to the point where on the sixth day, he'd provide twice as much so that the, the Israelites could honor him with the Sabbath on the seventh day and not gather any food that day. He said that is the one day that it won't rot overnight. He's saying it's, this, this, this give us today our daily bread is not a request it's recognition. It's saying we serve a God who will supply my every need and I need to rely upon him every single day. And inevitably, many of the Israelites, it records it in scripture, Exodus chapter 16, it's a, it's, it's a great chapter of the Bible. I mean, you just really see the Israelites and how they lacked faith in God and many of them would go out and gather extra food, extra manna and say, I don't know, I'm not convinced that what if he doesn't supply this the next day? What if it, it, it dries up? We better make sure that we store up for ourselves enough so that we have, and he said, no, 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 that's not. Do you trust me or don't you? So when he says, give us today our daily bread, even in Exodus chapter 16, verse four, uh, God is talking to Moses. He says, in this way, he's describing what he would do, providing manna. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. I mean, God is very blatant about it. He's like, this is just, this is me wanting to see if these people really trust me to provide them with bread every single day. And so when we pray, God, give us today our daily bread, what we're really saying is, God, you know what's ahead of me today. You know the meetings I'm going to have. You know the situations I'm going to run into. You know if today I need a little more patience or maybe I need a little more compassion. You know what's ahead of me. And so I'm just saying, God, palms of the sky, give me today what I need. Give me my daily bread. I rely upon you today. See, prayer is not just talking to God. It's, it's surrendering to him. It's depending upon him. It continues in verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is the time in the prayer where it's just simply a time to uh, check your heart. Is there anything in my heart that shouldn't be in my heart? Is there any sin that's unforgiven, or unrepented? Is there any, anybody that I have bitterness towards and anger towards that I shouldn't? Is there any, I mean, Paul, uh, when he talks about communion, he says, before you take communion, make sure that you examine your hearts. But that's something that shouldn't just happen when we take communion. That should be something that we do every single day. Examine my heart. God, is there anything in there? Because unforgiveness and sin will block your prayers. I mean, we, that, that could be, we could teach a whole other sermon on things that, you know, kind of make your prayers hit the ceiling a little bit. But having an unconfessed sin, unforgiveness, those are things that absolutely create a barrier between you and God. And he says, every time you pray, there should be a time where you just simply say, God, I want to get my heart right. Continues in verse 13, kind of a continuation of this. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Evil one, in some of your uh, translations of the Bible, might all, it's also translated as just evil. Deliver us from evil. But really what what Jesus is getting at here is he's saying that when you pray, you intend to, when you say amen, you intend to go out and not sin. Your intention is not, I'm going to pray. I think so often, I mean, as a kid, I kind of, I struggle with this because I, I, I kind of saw it as I have a bucket and I'm going to fill it up with sin. Maybe not intentionally, but like it's going to fill up with sin. And every now and then I need to dump that on God so that I have room in that bucket again. And, I'm, and he, he would say, that is not at all. That is not at all 
what the routine of a Christ follower should be. When you dump out your sin, you say, God, forgive me of my sin. Your intention is that you're going to go out and not sin anymore. And guess what? We need God's help to do that. We can't muster up uh, like enough self-control. I'm, okay, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to sin. He's saying, would you pray that I would help you, that I would deliver you from evil, that I can, I can help you with that? that I can help you change, that I can help you resist temptation, that I can protect you from sin? Would you just acknowledge me and depend upon me for that? Don't try to just, you know, just control your actions and modify your behavior. Rely upon me to help you with that. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he closes very similar to how he, he, he began the prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. He says you start by giving God praise and connecting with him relationally, and you close it the same exact way, as if to say this whole prayer is going to be bathed in the fact that, God, you are great, and I rely upon you, and your kingdom come. I love how Jeremiah writes it in Jeremiah 32, 17, Awe, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. We close by acknowledging the greatness of the God that we serve. This is how we're supposed to pray. Jesus gives us this model and says, this is what your prayer life should look like. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm extremely grateful that that he gave us a model like this. And my challenge to you today would be that um, maybe you've never prayed the Lord's Prayer through like this before. Maybe you have, and I just encourage you to keep going like that. I've been doing that for years and years and years, and I'm just telling you, it, it keeps me on track with my prayer life, and it, it reminds me, okay, yep, that's right, that's, that is what prayer is about. I'd encourage you sometime this week and I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, if you want to do this every single day this week, that's your, I'm just telling you, would you take at least one time, one time this week, if you've never done this before, open up to Matthew chapter 6, and just spend, and maybe, maybe it's 20 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's an hour, I don't think the time, I think it's more than a minute, I do, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can adequately pray through this in a minute, but take Take some time. If, you, if you're the type of person that you have to put that in your calendar, it, it doesn't matter how you accomplish that, but that you take some time and say, I'm going to pray through this this week because I'm just telling you, I believe if you, if you raise your hand and say, my prayer life could use a boost, I'm just telling you, try this. Try this. This, is, this works every single time because it's not about the words that you say. It's about your dependency upon God. A few years ago, it was, it was probably about 11 years ago uh, now, uh, man and I were, were recently married, we were newlyweds, and we, um, I don't know about you, but like, we, okay, we were 22 when we got married, and um, maybe you just had a ton of money when you were young and married, but like, we, we did not at all. Uh, like, scary levels type, like, <laughs> uh, like, hey, don't get groceries yet, type uh, level and have some debts that you're trying to work through. I mean, I, it's, it was hard. 
And it was, a, it was a faith walk, I mean, every single day. And there was one time where my paycheck did not come the day it was supposed to, and it was like panic city. And you're like juggling bills and trying, I mean, you got like $50 in the bank. I'm telling you, like scary, broke uh, type uh, t- situation. And in the middle of all that, so I'm just, uh, I'm stressed about all of that. I'm newly married. I'm trying to provide all of the, I'm just stressed about all of this. And my breaking point in all of that was uh, realized that we needed to buy, we had, just, we had gotten a dog, which was just a financial nightmare, but uh, we got a dog, I don't know why, uh, and we needed to get a kennel for the dog so that he doesn't like tear up our house. And so uh, this kennel was, uh, I remember it being right around $100. And I remember just being like, oh man, like in the middle of all of that, I, we can't afford that, like literally cannot go a kennel. And it wasn't the kennel, that wasn't the, it it was just, I realized, you know what, I am just, I am so stressed out about finances. And I'll I'll never forget, I was driving between uh, Cannon City, Minnesota and Rochester, Minnesota. I was on a stretch of freeway. I just, I visited a friend, or uh, I was coming back, and I I just began to cry out to God. I had worship music playing, and I had my eyes open, don't worry. Watch and pray. It talks about that in Scripture. But I'm doing that, and I just was like, God, i I just be honest with you. I just, I don't, I'm not dependent upon you. Like, I'm, I'm taking on this burden, and I don't think I was designed to take on this burden. And I'm not trusting you fully. And I was just, I just had one of those honest prayers with God, and just like, I'm sorry. I repented and then I said, you know what? I think you care about this kennel. But you know what? I'm not going to get worried about it. I'm not going to get stressed. And I just had one of these Lord's Prayer type prayers where I just really said, God, I just, I depend upon you. And I give you a little disclaimer. I'll tell you the rest of the story. A little disclaimer. God does not, op- what I'm about to tell you, does not operate like this often in my life. I'm not trying to tell you this is the way that it always works. But for me, I needed a reminder that God was on the throne. I needed a reminder that God heard me. I needed a reminder that when I surrendered to him, that he, he responds to that and he answers that. And um, I wasn't asking for this to happen. But I said amen, and two minutes later, I get a phone call uh, from my sister. And she was two years older. She is two years older than me. She, I didn't catch up yet. She's still two years older than me. And so she's 24, newly married, has a kid, like similar stage of life, not any money. I mean, like, and she just says, I can't explain it. I don't know why, but I know you guys are looking to get a kennel. I had heard that. I don't even know how she heard that. And I felt I was praying, and God told me you're supposed to buy Ryan that kennel for the dog, not for me. (laughs) And... For me, that was just a huge reminder. And I go back to that several times in my life. Like, there, absolutely, that's God trying to say, you know what, Ryan? I got you. He doesn't operate like that every time in my life, every time I want something or, you know, what? that's not how he operates. But there are times where God just says, you know what? You need to be reminded that I, first of all, I can do anything. I can do the impossible. I can heal people. I can, like, you need to be reminded of that, but you also just need to know that when you trust in me, that when you submit to me, when you surrender to my will, that I respond really well to that. And maybe today you just need to be reminded that 
the God that we serve and that we pray to, just as Jesus said right before this, when he, he talked about, pray to your Father who is unseen, and the Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Not he'll give you everything that you ask for. That's not, God is not a genie. That's not at all what he's saying, but he will listen. And I think if we really understood that the God that we serve, the God of the Almighty, the creator of heavens and earth, that when we pray that he sees us, I think it would change things. It would change the way we pray. It changed the intensity of how we pray. And so the question for us today is, do I, do I truly depend upon God when I pray? Is it just words that I say? Or do I truly depend upon God? As we close today, I just want to simply read through the, the Lord's Prayer one more time, in it, all the way through. And just, I just encourage you to let these words just kind of sink into your heart and maybe pray along with it. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.